Hey everybody, and welcome to the Marketing Blender Show. Today's topic is the five ways to increase B2B lead quality. And man, this was probably one of the fastest topics we have ever brainstormed on and agreed about. We had, <laughs> I mean, we were in just lockstep on, oh my God, we've got to talk about this. One, two, three, four, five, let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so what's number one on your list? Because, I mean, you basically let it roll before I even finished the topic idea. I did. So if you want to improve the quality of the leads that are coming in, you have to improve the quality of the offer that you're making to get those leads. I see this over and over again. If I work with a company that wants to start running a lead generation campaign, they'll dig through their bin of stuff that they can offer. Oh, here are assets that we already have. Let's run a campaign using these. That's typically not going to work. It's going to be something that you've deliberately created and made incredible and amazing for the specific campaign that you're launching because you know it's the thing that people want. If you're not giving people the thing that they actually want, don't be surprised if you're not getting the lead quality that you're seeking. One of the most common issues that we see is B2B companies that want to offer a guide or a white paper or an educational resource when they should be offering a template or a tool or some kind of decision-making asset that helps people take an action and make progress toward their goals. So if you're not getting good lead quality, maybe it's not the quality of the leads that's the issue. It's a quality with the asset that you're offering. And you know, there's probably a lot of gnashing and grinding of teeth over this one because marketers are thinking, no, do not make me create more collateral. But that's not what we're saying. But we do have some bad news. I mean, recently we are seeing fatigue of certain types of collateral or even certain types of tactics only lasting nine months, sometimes even less before the trends in B2B marketing seem to change in different industries. And so you do just have to be so focused on giving people what they want. But the good news I want to add is sometimes you do have amazing information in the guide. And so it's as simple as doing the research to realize what is the market asking for right now and then refresh the headline. Chop that baby up into something that's actually good and drives real value, and then move on. But you cannot just repurpose old collateral anymore. That's just not the name of the game. And this works across a lot of different types of content, even webinars. We've seen webinar fatigue. But guess what? If you have the right topic, it doesn't matter how much webinar fatigue people have. They will sign up and attend your webinar because you've nailed exactly what has value to them. And as always, value is defined by the customer. Yes, we have one client where the questions and the engagement was so good and the responses from the people that missed the webinar were so good that we literally are going to turn the exact same webinar topic into a quarterly event because he nailed it. So yeah, it's not about always something new, but it is about paying attention to the market. So I love this. And that will drive quality up because people are now armed with information that makes them great prospects. And again, it's, it's not a black box. If you're creating a downloadable asset, SEO research is going to tell you what people are looking for. And your brain is going to tell you what stage are they in when they're looking for that thing. Yes. Is it early stage? Is it just kicking the tires and looking at stuff? Or do they have a problem that needs to be solved right now? Love it. 
Absolutely. All right. So the next one that we've got is, is that you have to have your forms set up correctly. If you're worried about lead quality, then maybe you should be asking for the correct information so that you can identify and partner with these prospects to find out if they even qualify for your type of product or service. Now you're in the weeds on this in a couple of different scenarios with trying to improve lead quality. So talk to me about what you're seeing with how forms are set up and how people can better engage better information from their prospects. So there's always a balance to be struck between asking for too much information and asking for too little. But this goes back to our first point, the value of what you offer determines how much information you can ask for. So if you have a high value offer, you can ask for more information. You don't have to have every single question answered up front on a form, but you should at least be able to do identity resolution. So for example, if you have people filling in an email address, if you're in B2B, they must fill out a business email so that you can figure out who they are, what company are they with, who are they on LinkedIn? How can you do outreach? How can you validate that they are indeed in the kind of role and the kind of company that buys the stuff that you sell? Absolutely. I love it. And you know, this is about maturing automation systems or marketing software because there are systems where the forms can automatically sophisticate. However, it goes back to, did you set up content so good that people will return and are you being thoughtful about the information that you're gathering and where are they in the buyer's journey? So I love it. I'd like to add one more thing about on the landing page. If you want people to fill out a longer form or give you more information or give you their phone number, put video on your landing page. Amen, sister. Yes. Yes. Build trust. <laughs> your, your CEO, one of your top salespeople, one of your engineers, one of your, you know, really important people in your organization that's taken the time to do a you know, face video of them telling you why you should download the thing. Oh yeah. You're going to get a whole different response from people there compared to just having a faceless page of landing page copy. You are not kidding. I think that is such a great point. Okay. So the third one that we've got on our list, and I actually really love this one. This ad is brought to you by the marketing blender. As you guys know, I'm a fractional CMO, and actually at the Marketing Blender, there's a whole team of us. For a fraction of the cost of a full-time executive, you can hire a chief marketing officer to write your marketing plan, to clean up your messaging and your positioning, and to drive sustainable results. We oversee multiple partners, we help mentor team members, and most importantly, we build a marketing machine that will drive results for your company for years to come. If you're curious about what this looks like, and some of our engagements go from a couple months to a couple years, check out themarketingblender.com. Identify whether or not the person, the prospect that you're talking to, whether or not they can even say yes, or if they're one of the half dozen or dozen people that can only say no. Typically, there's very few people in the buying decision that actually have final or influential yes power inside of that buying decision. But so often salespeople will stay with that initial prospect, even though they can never say yes, they can only say no. And it's a waste of time, but also it's oftentimes an unqualified lead because the person that you're talking to doesn't know whether or not their company can actually afford or manage the change required to say yes. 
Very true. Not everyone who is interested is an internal champion to help you sell what you're trying to sell. Absolutely. There's a book, I can't remember which one it is now. If I remember, I'll post it in the show notes. But the book, the sales book calls it, they call them Seymours because they only want to see more, see more, see more, see more, and it's never going to lead anywhere. Absolutely. Okay. So number four, sales and marketing alignment. Okay, here's what we mean by this. There's going to be a couple different things, but quickly, the very first thing, are you using your CRM to actually track what's happening through the entire business development pipeline from marketing all the way through to sales? Because that's really important to determine and watch the trends happening in lead quality and conversion. And then Another component of this is if your marketing and sales teams are not communicating frequently around lead quality, your marketing cannot get better. Marketing cannot take the insights from sales and then improve the messaging, improve the copy, improve the offer, improve the form that will tactically improve your lead quality. Marketing and sales has to be on the same team. It's got to be one single business development system. It does. And marketing really does want to improve the lead quality. They really, really do. But just saying these are garbage leads, that doesn't help marketing in any way, shape or form. And honestly, without full tracking across the CRM, it's also impossible to tell were they quality leads that just didn't get worked appropriately or are there ways that marketing can help progress those leads? Can they help nurture those and make them more ready for the sales team? So it's not about laying blame on one side or the other. It's about actually creating an engine that works. And all of the wheels have to be turning for that to happen. Well, I just love this so much. I wanted to bring up one example. It was that we had a client where, you know, it was that common, we need more leads, we need more leads, and marketing is saying, we're sending you 70 leads, 100 leads, 20 leads. Like they're, they're being able to show we're sending leads. Now, a couple different things ended up happening here. Sales was taking them straight into a demo and they weren't converting. So sales was calling that unqualified leads, but they really weren't. They just weren't ready and they needed to be nurtured just to your point. So there was a solution there to move the demo and to nurture those leads longer. And then on top of that, sales needed to be showing that they were following up with the leads. And that's actually one of the really helpful things why that solution came up. Because since the CRM was being used, we were able to go, okay, sales is following up. So why are they saying that? It doesn't make sense that this volume of leads, that none of them are converting, what's happening? And then we could continue to iterate. And it ended up being a really fun, it was painful at the beginning, but a really fun experience to be able to just follow the next problem and solve and solve until we had a more efficient pipeline. And it did produce not only higher quality leads, but a lot more of them because of that sales and marketing component. Okay, so that leads us now to number five, and this is actually about intentionally excluding people from your lead generation systems. Now, this ad is brought to you by the Marketing Blender Lab. Marketing is hard for everyone, but small businesses are stuck with small budgets, not enough time, and too many options. SEO, social, paid ads, email marketing, live events, how do you choose where to focus? 
These are the top challenges I hear from entrepreneurs. You keep getting generic marketing advice that doesn't apply to your business. You've watched tutorials and tried a bunch of tactics that didn't work. You still don't have clarity on what you should focus on to get results. You don't have enough time to get marketing done. And maybe you've worked with freelancers or agencies that have let you down. You can get expert advice and start making real progress. The Marketing Blender Lab gives you an affordable way to work with an experienced chief marketing officer and finally get a handle on your marketing. We help you figure out how to reach your target audience and get more customers, what to focus on so you stop wasting time and money, and how to delegate effectively so you don't have to do it all yourself. Join me in the lab and let's figure out how to grow your revenue faster. Some people listening might be thinking, why would you do that? No, no, we need more leads. Because more leads does not translate always to quality leads. So give me some examples of how do we keep unqualified prospects out? One of the best ways to start helping people self-select out of your pipeline is through your brand messaging. How are you positioning yourself? You want to make sure that what people are comparing you to is correct so they know, oh, this is the kind of company that I like to do business with or that solves the problem that I have, or maybe they're not. Sometimes it's about uh, making sure that you give people their decision-making criteria up front. For example, putting pricing on your website if you know that you know, 80% of people walk away from sticker shock because they're just, they don't have the budget for it. You never want to spend your sales team's time talking to people who don't have budget. So why not make that an easy out for people before they're cluttering up your salespeople's calendars? You know, it's interesting. And sometimes it can be cultural language or even process language that can exclude or invite the proper people in. So recently we were working with a company and they do a lot of custom work and they have a much more personal type of process that they work with customers. There are other customers that because they are more on the enterprise side and culturally they have a lot more structure to them, that they are not a fit. Yes, they can afford them, but every single time they've landed these extremely corporate and structured type of clients They've lost money, it's killed their profit, and it has not been a successful engagement. And so they made the decision to look for companies that were actually culturally aligned and values aligned. And so by shedding some light on their approach that they intentionally take a more casual, just for this conversation, more casual approach to customer onboarding, it very quickly helps certain corporate types go, oh, that's those are not our folks. Because these are very expensive sales cycles and it takes a huge drain on their sales team to be chasing people and clients and prospective customers that really might kill their profit in the end anyway. So there's a lot of interesting things in addition to pricing that you can do, but I really love this approach, but it's not for the faint of heart. So, all right, you guys, thank you so much. Hope you got a lot out of this and be bold. If you liked what you saw, go ahead and click that subscribe button. We would love to see your comments and your likes. Thank you so much. Onward and upward. We'll see you next time. We hope you learned something today that will help you succeed with your marketing. And if you liked what you heard, definitely give us a thumbs up and a subscribe. Don't forget to check the show notes. We're sharing free tools and resources there. And you guys, we would love to hear your comments. So drop one in or send us an email and maybe we'll use your topic on a future show.